Good evening. Um, we are back in Revelation chapter 1, and tonight we're looking at verse 17. And the title for tonight is actually, Do Not Be Afraid. Revelation 1, 17 says this, it says, When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. Then he placed his right hand on me and said, do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. We all know that the person that wrote those words was the disciple John. That's John who had walked and talked and lived with Jesus. That's John who'd listened to all the teachings of Jesus. That's John, whom we're told loved Jesus so much. John, who'd actually leant into Jesus and laid his head on his chest in um, the book of John, chapter 13. And that's such intimacy. He couldn't have known him any better. And yet this same John, when he encountered Jesus here in this book of Revelation, he still fell at his feet as though dead. Such was the vision of Jesus risen and glorified. And I'm really struck by that. That despite his experience of this most extraordinary intimacy with his saviour, John was so overcome with awe and with the fear of the Lord. And as I read that, I was really challenged by that. Because I think sometimes we can lose that sense of reverence and holy fear. And of course we, we, we enjoy that incredible, incredible intimacy with Jesus. But that, that's, that, that statement, he, I fell at his feet as though dead because he was overcome with the majesty of the risen Jesus. And I know I fail to grasp that magnitude of holiness and majesty. And yet, if we truly fear the Lord, we will want to obey him. We will love his commands and we will worship wholeheartedly. And so there are, there are two things going on. And so, so there's this idea of holy fear, the fear of the Lord. And yet the theme for tonight is do not be afraid. And it sounds contradictory, but actually it's not. Because what I love is that as, as John falls at his feet as though dead, the Lord reaches out his right hand, touches John, and says, do not be afraid. It is I, basically. There's, there is such gentleness and tenderness in that, isn't there? It's just beautiful. And it's, that, it's the fear of the Lord, I, I think, that brings confidence in his trustworthiness and his goodness. It's fear of the Lord that actually brings that deep sense of security. And so do not be afraid is a very different thing to the fear of the Lord. 1 John 4.18 says, There is no fear in love. But perfect love drives out fear, because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. And so what I want to say tonight, it's, it's, I think it's really about perspective. 
Those who fear the Lord, that holy fear, will know, and I mean really know, his presence and his protection. And the empowering of the Holy Spirit. There's a really interesting passage in Acts 9, verse 31. It says, Then the church throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria enjoyed a time of peace. It was strengthened and encouraged by the Holy Spirit. It grew in numbers, living in the fear of the Lord. And I don't think I'd ever quite seen that before. That this... This, the, the church being strengthened and enjoying a time of peace, it came through living in the fear of the Lord. And so I think we need to understand that living in the fear of the Lord is one of the, the very things that enables us not to be afraid. It, it kind of sounds contradictory, but it's not. I, I don't know, I have no idea if this figure is accurate, but if you go onto the internet... A lot of search engines will tell you that the Bible says do not be afraid or do not worry or do not be anxious 365 times, one for every day of the year. I th I'm not sure that's accurate. I think it, you know, it depends on your translations and all the, all the rest of it. But, but whatever, it, it may well be more. But whatever the number is, and it is, it is a lot, God longs for us to walk in that place of trust and intimacy. And, and to be free from the kind of fear that, and anxiety that is debilitating, which is very different to the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is enabling, but fear and anxiety is debilitating. And this is really quite a challenging message for me to, to be preaching in a way, because I can't, I can't stand here and say I'm free from fear. I wish I could. I, I really wish I could. But like all of us, I'm a work in progress, you know. But there, there are areas in my life where I've had massive breakthrough and I am free from anxiety. There are others where I'm still working on it and God is working on it in me. And that's the thing, just because it's still hard in some places doesn't negate the breakthrough in other places. You know, I, I don't think we can... I, I suspect that no one can stand there and say, I am completely free from all fear. But that doesn't mean that God isn't setting us free from fear. And it's up to him which areas of our lives he chooses to work on. And equally, just because it might still be a battle in one area, doesn't mean there's no hope of things changing in that particular area. And I can tell you, I know that God is on my case. Absolutely he is. Because back in January, so what, a couple of months ago, less than that probably, God gave me some fresh revelation about the root of some of the anxiety that I walk in and that I battle with. And it, it was all linked to a particular trauma that happened when I was eight. It, it doesn't matter what the detail is. But the beautiful thing is, I wasn't looking for an answer in that particular moment. It's something that God brought up and showed me and challenged me to start working on because he wants me free. I wasn't specifically asking God in that moment to show me what was going on. In fact, I was quite taken aback because I so wasn't really expecting it. 
And I had no idea how some of my present battles, if you like, were linked to this trauma in the past. But as we continue to journey with the Lord, he, he does continue to lead us into greater freedom each and every day. And that's a really beautiful thing. And all the stuff we've already dealt with paves the way for what is to come. Because it's only God that knows what we need to do. It's only God that knows when we need to do it and when we're ready to do it. And I think that's amazing. And I honestly think that that God's love for us is so immense and so complete that his desire for our freedom is probably greater than our desire for our freedom. And I think we can become so used to the things that cause fear in us, so used to the things that we struggle with, that sometimes they can almost become like security blankets. We're so used to those feelings and those thought patterns that when they go, we kind of feel more unsure without them because we don't quite know how to operate without those things in our lives. And that's a challenge too. And it might sound a bit, a bit counterintuitive, but I do believe that some of our anxieties actually make us feel comfortable because we can use them as excuses not to do things. We can say, oh no, I, you know, I could never do that, or I, I, I couldn't believe that. And actually, the familiar sometimes makes us feel safe, even though there's anxiety underneath it. But God wants us free. And he's, he's working in us and through us all the time. And I think the problem is that sometimes those, those anxieties and those fears that God wants us free from sometimes very invisibly control our behaviour and they control our emotions more than we realise because they're so familiar. It's like the wallpaper that you just don't see anymore because it's so familiar, you don't kind of notice it. And so I'm, I'm just going to give us some examples. You may all already be kind of in your own mind thinking, well, yes, I can see that in that, that area in my life or whatever, but there's all sorts of ways, I think, that fear impacts us, that we don't necessarily realise. I mean, you will know that I've just come back from a week away and before I went, I was literally like, how on earth can I prepare a sermon when I'm going away for a week? That's a fear-based thing because it's, it's me kind of going, Lord, I haven't got enough time. It, and little things like that don't look like fear because they don't necessarily make us feel frightened, but there's still fear, there's still anxiety underneath it. How, how many of you have ever said, oh, there aren't enough hours in the day? <laughs> it's fear-based, actually. And then the classic, what if? How many times do we go, but what if? I do it all the time. What if? What if I can't do what they want me to do? What if I fail this particular thing? I'm, when I was at university, I used to get ribbed because I used to be fearful of failing all the time. And I didn't ever fail, but the fear was real. What if I get sick? What if I can't afford to do such and such a thing? What if God asks me to give more money than I can afford to give? What if they don't like what I say or what I do, the proverbial they, whoever the they is for you? 
What if the car breaks down when I'm on my own? What if that person doesn't get better? What if God doesn't answer my prayer? I think we go through life with what ifs at the back of our mind so often. And they are debilitating. It might not feel like it, it might feel just like, oh, but what if this? But it's still fear, it's still the kind of fear that God wants us free from. And I think if we find ourselves asking what if about anything, it's a telltale symptom that we're not fully trusting the Lord in that particular area. Because if we were, we wouldn't be asking the question. And what does that do? It gives the enemy a foothold. Immediately. And one of the biggest subconscious fears of all is what will people think of me? What will people think of me? What if people saw what I was really like? I've done that this week. I've been away on holiday with people I know well and people that I don't know. And I think in my subconscious and sometimes filtering up to my conscious mind, I'm thinking, well, what will they think if I do this? What will they think if I say this? What will they think if I cook this? <laughs> it, it's just there as a, as a kind of background noise almost. But I think we all fear the pain of not being liked or being rejected. And we think, we think like that so much without realising that I think sometimes we don't present 100% of who we really are. We present what we think other people want to see. We present what we think other people will accept and will like. And that stops us being authentic sometimes. But I, I also think we don't realise we're doing it a lot of the time. And so not all fears are obvious and visible. Not all fears are huge and all-consuming. Sometimes they're little things, but they're still a foothold for the enemy. And they're still fears that God wants us free from. And that includes the stuff that's hidden as well as the stuff that's visible. When we walk in fear or anxiety, it will paralyze us one way or another. It's a strong word, but I really, I really do believe that's true. I know it's true for me. Other fears can be much larger than that. Other fears can be things like fear of redundancy or loss of income, fear of natural disaster, fear of war breaking out. You know, when Russia invaded Ukraine, the first thing that went through me was, <gasps> it was a fear thing. And, and it is awful. It is awful. And we need to pray. But I, I still don't think God wants us to walk in that kind of paralyzing fear. And I think some, some of us might literally be held captive by phobias, possibly resulting from things in the past. And whether the threat, whether the thing we fear is real or imagined, it doesn't make any difference because it still causes suffering, it still causes that shutdown, and it's still debilitating. And if, if, we, don't, if we don't do anything about it, when we can see it, if, if it's left unchallenged, that spirit of fear can affect our minds, it can affect our will, it can affect our emotions, and it can affect our bodies. I've, 
I know what it is to suffer with stress symptoms, and it's horrible. It makes you feel ill, and it's fear that's underneath it. It makes us feel weak, nervous, insecure, tired. All of those things, and all those things keep us from fully enjoying life and living according to God's original design for our lives. Because God wants us free and full. A couple of weeks ago, we were, we were praying as an eldership. And one of the things the Lord challenged us about was, was about our tenacity. When I say us, actually the challenge was for the whole fellowship, not just for those who were gathered. But I think that's a real challenge, especially in the light of COVID. I mean, I haven't mentioned that as a fear. But how many people have been absolutely terrified of COVID? Some of us here tonight might have been terrified of COVID. And we have had to learn to adapt how we do things through the pandemic. But that challenge to, to, about tenacity is God saying, hold on to what you know is true. Hold firm to my commands. Be tenacious. Don't allow any residual fear with regard to COVID to prevent us from being obedient. And I think that there are, not necessarily in this fellowship, although there may well be some, but I know other Christians who've actually never gone back to church because they're still too afraid. And that's it's tragic. It's tragic and it's disobedient, actually. Because God, God has remained totally faithful to us throughout this pandemic. He gave us promises at the beginning and he's been faithful to them. And he's not going to let us down now. And I, I am so saddened when I see people still allowing this fear to absolutely rule their lives. It's, it's, it's nobody local, it's somebody that lives way up north, but two or three weeks ago they were still washing every item from the supermarket. Oh my goodness, Christian. And that's just wrong and sad and awful. And fear has become the thing that dictates what they will and won't do. And now that's an extreme example. But if fear dictates what we will and won't do, then we need to come back to the Lord and seek, seek him about getting free. Because we can trust in the sovereignty of God. It's where we started this evening. The Lord placed his right hand on me and said, do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. That's true. <laughs> always has been, always will be. And so whatever fear we find ourselves battling, whether that's conscious or subconscious at the moment, we need to come back to Father God to deal with it. Because he is the one that can set us free, ultimately. Nothing is too big, too difficult, too shameful for God to deal with. Nothing. I mean, the, of course, the reality is he's already dealt with it on the cross. But we need to inhabit that reality and learn what it is to inhabit that reality. But for a myriad different reasons, we don't always do that. And it's going to be different for every single one of us. But there is freedom from fear to be inhabited. The enemy has been defeated, but he still loves to keep us in that place of fear. 
And so that is the challenge for all of us, is to go, OK, Lord, where is fear stopping me being authentically who you've called me to be? I asked Johnny to do that song that we, we, we sang just before I stood up, Safe, by Phil Wickham. If you haven't heard it before, listen to, listen to all the lyrics. It is the most beautiful song. If I'm feeling anxious, I tend to play that, and I always find myself weeping because the truth in it is so liberating. We sang it just now. You will be safe in his arms. The hands that hold the world are holding your heart. This is the promise he makes. He will be with you always. When everything is falling apart, you will be safe in his arms. Isn't that beautiful? It's just one of my all-time favourite worship songs. And, and the reason is those lyrics actually impart a really powerful truth. Fear comes from feeling unsafe, from feeling unprotected, from feeling vulnerable. It can come from feeling shame. And, and those things are not actually true. <laughs> We're not unsafe. We're not unprotected. We're not vulnerable. And God has dealt with our shame. Those are enemy lies. It's propaganda really, from the enemy to keep us shut down and in that place of fear. The, the fact is, our permanent state is that we are safe. God says, do not be afraid, because we don't have to. <laughs> and I know that's true, and maybe tomorrow Laurie will say to me, what did you say last night? <laughs> Because I don't inhabit it myself in certain areas. I've already said that. But the more we choose to walk into that truth and the more we choose to believe that we are safe, the less hold the enemy will have, the more freedom we will experience from fear and anxiety. And so what I think we need is a new perspective on who God is. Because he is sovereign. He is sovereign over all the earth. He loves me. He loves you. He will protect us. He will never, ever, ever let us down. Never, ever, ever. And there is such freedom in that truth. And the more we grasp hold of that, I think the more we, under we will understand what it is to walk in the fear of the Lord, which is a different thing. And the more we will begin to experience that truth at an even deeper level, the greater our freedom will be from fear and anxiety. So the fear of the Lord is the thing that brings the freedom from the debilitating fear. And God wants to encounter us in our stuff, whatever our stuff looks like. He wants, he wants us to encounter him in our hearts so that we can live with that absolute assurance that his promises are true. Always. If, you, if you're like me, you've, you've probably read books by kind of these various super-Christians who do these amazing things and um, read miracle stories about healings and deliverances and all sorts of extraordinary, miraculous provision and restoration and powerful supernatural encounters. And I, I love reading those books because they're so encouraging. But I think what happens is that sometimes we can sort of jump to the conclusion that the 
the authors are somehow different to us, that they've got stuff sorted where we haven't, that they're more supernatural or more gifted. But that's actually not true. They're fundamentally the same as we are. They are the same. We are all human beings. And the only difference is that they don't allow their fears to control or dictate what they do in a particular situation. And that's what allows them to walk in this anointing. And the same is true for us. I came, one of the books that I read recently was um, by Roland and Heidi Baker, who I'm sure most of you will know. And it was about some of the local people that they work with. And I just came across this fantastic quote, which I'm going to read to you. It was Roland writing. He said, Heidi and I have a ministry in Mozambique and the poor pastors there come to our school and they don't know a thing. <laughs> they don't know the difference between the Old and New Testament. They don't know the difference between law and grace. They don't know where Israel is located or what the Jordan is. They have no idea. They're uneducated. All they know is how to raise the dead. <laughs> and I just looked at that and I thought, wow. <laughs> What's the difference? They've got no fear. They're willing just to kind of go, God, you can do this. They've got no educational background whatsoever. They don't know their scriptures, but they know how to raise the dead. And that really challenged my thinking. Because I think the difference is they're not allowing their fear to shut them down. Fundamentally. And I think that Actually, what helps us to conquer fear is growing in confidence in God. They were confident in God. They knew he'd show up. And he will for us. And it's, in a way, it's common sense. You know, if we're not confident in something, then we'll probably go and practice so we get better. So our confidence grows. It was the same for me. I've just been skiing. I hadn't skied for 34 years. I had some lessons and a couple of practices so that I could go and be confident and reasonably assured that I wouldn't come back with a broken leg, <laughs> which I haven't. <laughs> and it's, I think it's the same, you know. We, we sort of practice. We put into practice what we know to be true. And our confidence will grow and our fears will diminish. And then, like in the natural, having got over some of my fears, I was unable to enjoy what I was doing far more. Enjoy the exhilaration. And the same is true in our spiritual life. God wants our walk with him to be exhilarating as we see these amazing things. And he wants it to be fun. I, yes, there will be tough times. There will be suffering, but... It's not meant to be miserable and a slog. It is meant to be. Living with Jesus is meant to be fun and enjoyable as well. And confidence in our Heavenly Father is what facilitates that. So I really believe that dealing with fear is one of the things that opens the door to life in all its fullness. I really do believe that. And I think fear and anxiety is one of the biggest, if not the biggest, obstacle to freedom. So let's come back to where we started. Whether, whether we experience an occasional small fear, 
or whether we live with constant underlying anxiety, or whether we're plagued by a sense of impending doom, or whatever it is, I really believe that God wants to reach out to us. And, and help us to inhabit more and more of that place of peace where fear has been defeated. God, God knows we experience fear. I mean, for goodness sake, he wouldn't tell us 300 and however many times through scripture, don't be afraid, do not worry, if it wasn't a thing. <laughs> he knows it's a thing. And we, we will need to continue to battle in the heavenlies. And we will need to continue to make good choices about whether we agree with the enemy lies or whether we choose to come into alignment with God's truth. So, it's, yes, we will all have work to do, but I really don't think God wants us to beat ourselves up and say, oh, I'm so terrible. My anxiety is so bad. I'm such a bad person. And I, I know because I can do it. I self-condemn when I allow my fear to get the better of me because I think I should know better. But God doesn't do that. He just reaches out his right hand and says, it's I, don't be afraid. And so, yeah, we might need to take captive the thoughts that plague us again and again and again. But it is a choice in the end. And when we make good choices, that's when we come into the place where God can minister to us, where we bring those thoughts to him. And so I kind of feel that now might be a good time to kind of start that process. That we spend a few minutes just consciously coming into his presence, aligning our hearts with what we know to be true and choosing to engage with God because our confidence is in him. It's not in us and our ability to do this. And so if you know you're battling with a particular fear, you know what you know what you're fearful of, bring it into the light and allow God to touch you with his right hand just like he did to John. Listen to him, allow him to speak, because he will be gentle. And if, if nothing specific springs to mind, then I'll just ask the Lord to show you if there is any hidden fear under the surface. Just be open to whatever revelation he wants to bring. So let, I'm just going to pray and then we'll have a few minutes of quiet. Father, we, we thank you that your desire for our freedom is immense, bigger than ours. And so we, we consciously just invite you now to speak to our hearts. Lord, we confess the fear that we know about and we ask you to speak to us if there's anything that you want to show us tonight. In Jesus' name, amen.